All right. Well, in today's episode, I was hoping to walk the two of you through an exercise and uh, people listening at home, hopefully they can play along. So We really have no idea what this topic is. I mean, and I. Yeah, not at all. You will. Give it time. Give it time. This is scary. Um, You're not prepared. This is uh, the closest we get to suspense around here. So I'm going to let it sit for a minute. So if everyone gets a pen and paper, if you're listening, grab a pen and paper. You just need space to write down five items. So you can write down the numbers one through five as people gather their pen and paper. Oh, I love my glasses. All right. So everyone's got their pen and paper. Yes. Everyone's got their five items. Um, feel free to ask questions to clarify. And um, what I'd like you to do is write down the five most important things in your life. Now, don't let me see them. If you keep your hand over them and keep them covered and write down the top five most important things in your life and don't make them objects necessarily. Um, If you're going to do anything around people, like name the group of people rather than like individual people. Um, But the five most important things in your life. No objects and try to refrain from listing individual people. What I'm going to do with my powers of telepathy (laughs) is I'm going to guess the five things that you each wrote down. Good luck. I'm currently trying to guess my own five things. (laughs) In the meantime, we can listen to the dulcet tones of the mercantile. The Jackass Cafe is now open. Get food. Uh, good Jamisa, coffee. I do yeah, believe you and Amin should be working on your five items. Yeah, great food, great drinks. Come check them out. So, here's my prediction. Who are you going with first? Both of you at the same time. Okay. And I think that might be the first clue that everyone has the same top five priorities. You think? Let's see. Let's see how good you are. Ben. I don't think I know. <laughs> He's going to start a, a booth at the festival. Like, I can guess your top priorities. Five dollars. All right. Um, one of them had something to do with family. Yeah. You just say yes or no? Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. One of them had something to do with either, like, your vocation or your education. Yeah. Sometimes people put this down as money, too. But something to do with finances, your work, education. No. Oh, dear. Maybe I did mine wrong. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> the third one is typically something about health. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so far we have family, health money or job or education to to make more money the fourth one people typically have is something to do around freedom or faith okay yeah Yeah. you each have one of those yes all right so i mean so far i'm four out of four jimisa i'm three out of four all right and the last one that people have is just typically some variant of those four and just put in a different way I mean? Define variant. Okay. Well, tell us your top five. So I had family, success, friends, health, and faith. Okay. So family, success, friends. 
So friends and family would go together. Okay, so that would be a variant. And then of success family. is the work money one, right? Mm-hmm. And then you had health and faith. Yes. And Jimmy, so what were your top five? I had kids, husband, parent, peace, and health. Okay. And so peace is your spiritual path, mm-hmm. and then your health. So did I not group? Did I not accurately predict any of them? This is where you bow down in amazement and just recognize the genius that is sitting next to both of you right now. No, I feel like you read about this somewhere, so maybe <laughs> maybe you don't get full credit. <laughs> um, this is the story of my life. <laughs> so today's episode is called Foxes and Chickens. And in Foxes and Chickens, we help people identify what is important to them. And I love foxes and chickens. One thing, because we get to talk about animals and nature, and that's always fun. Um, but two, I think foxes and chickens is an interesting approach to really understanding cognitive dissonance um, and its antonym, cognitive consonance. Man, that was an impressive sentence. <laughs> I use the word dissonance, consonance, and antonym all in one go. And I think I got them right. Aren't those all three syllable words? I mean, I've seen. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Did I use them accurately? I think I might have. Yeah, probably. Right. Yay, Ben. <laughs> Let's give him a gold star for Ben. I graduated. <laughs> um, what we need to do is, if everyone has these top five priorities, we need to start thinking about why some people seem to have these things in their life and why other people may not have them. And then how much of that is under our control? And we're going to get into external foxes down the road um, because there's definitely some life circumstances that prevent these things from happening. But what we're going to take a look at first is internal foxes. But to do that, we kind of have to back up. And so, Jamisa, remember when we were first dating and we got married and we lived on a beautiful farm surrounded by beautiful animals that you told me, if you move in with me, you are never going to take care of any one of these animals. Do you remember that idyllic situation? <laughs> I'm sorry. You said, and I said, I wanted these animals? No, you said you would never, ever take care of one of them. <laughs> that it was completely up to me. <laughs> I do love where we love. I do miss it greatly. <laughs> However, I do not miss the animals. So do you remember the chickens? I do. And we had a structure around the chickens, mm-hmm. correct? And what was the structure for? Do you remember? To keep them in. And, Amin, any suggestions about what else the structure does? To keep predators away? Perfect. So we build these structures, we build these boundaries to keep the things in that we want and to keep the things out that we don't want in with them. When we have chickens, when we have these things that are important to us, we build boundaries around them. And the boundaries are our actions um, that, that keep things out and keep the things in that we want. Now, so Amin, you had a very lofty list there. Family, faith friends, health, and success. Mm -hmm. Do you ever play video games? Of course. Okay. So the time that you allot to video games, which of your top five priorities are you trying to support with the video game play? See, I think I have an answer that you're not going to uh, expect. Uh, I actually play video games with my brother, and we talk on the phone and yell at each other a little bit, share some Mm -hmm. jokes, and care for each other that way. Okay. And so each time you play video games, it's with your brother? Yes. I mean, yes, <laughs> I, I used to play more video games, but now it, it's uh, <laughs> strictly with my brother. Okay. And what about when you were telling me the other day about how you're building teams all the time and then getting frustrated with yourself because you're not even enjoying it? 
Yeah, you caught me. I, I spent <laughs> I spent way more time than I'd like to admit uh, building that team that will have to restart in October when they drop the new FIFA. And you'll once again spend a whole bunch of time supporting your top five priorities. Yeah, no, uh, hopefully, but not by playing FIFA, I guess, all the time. And so would you two of you agree that all three of us engage in behavior that does not represent our values? At times, yes. Yeah, probably. And then you even hear our own dissonance when we try to justify <laughs> what we love doing that really My doesn't affect these macaroned. things. And I think for most people, it's fairly extreme too. So one of the one of the ways we have people do this is we have them write down their daily calendar and what they do, how they fill up the hours each day in their day. And then we have them compare it to their values and see how much of their daily schedule supports their values and how much of it has other things. Now, it's, it's other types of things, too. So, Jamisa, if you and I were ever to get in a disagreement, which would never happen, I'm sure, no. we could ask each other, which value are we trying to support right now? So, so let's talk a bit about shadow values. And these are really, if we take a look at our schedule, these are the five things that our daily schedule supports most. So if I were to follow a mean round, this is super creepy, but if I were to follow a mean round for 24 hours, what would I think are his top five values? Or if I were to follow Ben around, or if I were to follow Jamisa around, what would I then think are each person's top five values? And hmm. so I might be like, for a mean, it's video games. Or it's just being successful. And all these other parts of his life don't receive the same attention that maybe work receives. So there should there be striking a balance between the five of them? Well, let's start by writing down, if I were to follow you around, what would be the top five behaviors you engage in most? Oh, wow. Depends on the day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just an average. Uh, probably work and family. Work and family, probably. Yeah, I was going to say family and probably family right. and what, parent. What would you say it is for me? Um, work. And? <laughs> Keep work. going, please. <laughs> um, work for sure. And that's family. You spend a lot of time thinking about the kids. Look at that hesitation. <laughs> Father's Day is coming up and... <laughs> I won't be surprised not to receive anything. <laughs> so if you were to look at my life, you would say work and the kids. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Do you feel there could be improvements in that area? I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be like, so. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. I think this is it. Yeah, no, um, I mean, can you help us time? Yeah. <laughs> not yet, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think you do well. Like, I don't. Okay. Yeah. So for the sake of argument, let's say you tell me, hey, Ben, I could actually use more time with you. And do I then look at my values and say, oh, this is important to me, so I need to increase the amount of time with Jamisa? Or do I then get defensive and start arguing the dissonance? I think oftentimes people go to that. They, they, they'll go mm-hmm. into defense mode and, and argue that they are doing that. So if Amin's fiance were to say, Amin, you're playing a little too much FIFA. Just another Wednesday night, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't have FIFA written down on his top five values, but he does have family. 
So would he then respond to her with like, you're right, this is dissonant, I'm not following what I say my values are, let me shift, or would he then argue? There's only really one way to find out, and welcome today's special guest. <laughs> well, I think, I think I get to the recognizing my dissonance point a lot of the times, but I would be a liar to say I don't argue, uh, you know, oh, I do, I got to take care of myself too, I need to... Mm. You know, I need to take a break. I need to do, you know, I'm spending time with my brother. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes. <laughs> so, chickens are the things that are most important to us. However, if we identify the wrong chickens, we're actually introducing foxes into our chicken house and they can eat away. So, let's say, just uh, nothing I've heard from Chrissy recently, but let's just say, Amin goes home today. And Chrissy is packing her bags and leaving because the fox of video gameplay has eaten his chicken of relationship. Oh, my goodness. And this happens all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And then rather than Amin addressing the behavior he was engaging in that led to this, we then go to blaming the chicken for being eaten. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just what foxes do. They eat chickens. They like to eat chickens. And the only person who has kind of any control over this part of it, we're going to talk about external foxes later, and right now we're just talking about internal foxes, is Amin. He gets to choose how he spends his day. He gets to choose how he he, um, organizes his schedule. So how do we create more consonants between our values and the behaviors that represent them? I mean, personally, I think whenever I get into an argument like that or a disagreement like that, I'm focusing way more on my own self and ego. That's what I was thinking. It, like, like I'm just thing. arguing to argue, right? Anybody, mm-hmm. if you brought in a third party and they were like, look at the number of hours you're playing video games versus how much time you're spending with her and you're saying that she's your number one priority, you know, they'd probably all agree with her in that instance, right? But in that moment, I'm like, ah, oh, no, I got to defend myself. You know, I had a really, really rough day, you know. You don't know what I've been through. (laughs) I think that is the biggest chicken in most people's lives that they never mention on these values is ego. Mm -hmm. I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I'd probably agree there, too. And what if we were just more open about this? And so I think people tend to make decisions very emotionally and then use logic not to help identify the behavior they need, but to defend the behavior the emotions help them choose. Absolutely. I see it constantly in my clinical practice. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about... I she's going to say home life there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little nervous, I mean. Yeah, I see it with clients. Like, they will make these decisions and will process the decision. And I'll have to stop them. Like, do you... Can you see that this is an emotionally based decision? It's based nothing on logic. Mm-hmm. And they'll argue... They'll, we're processing all of this. I'm, like, looking at, like, just very bullet point like these are the decisions that you made and they'll still try to use rash like they'll try to use logic mm-hmm. and um just to justify an irrational behavior mm-hmm. and you're right and it's all based like a lot of our emo- a lot of our decisions are often based on emotion to like, we really think about it like mm-hmm. you think about buying a house or a car it's almost it's like how you feel even clothes like oh how i feel in this versus mm-hmm. like this is practical this is what i need Yes, I often get stuck in front of my wardrobe, wondering. You may be an exception which to that. Then. Makes me feel the most pretty. <laughs> which shade of brown am I going to wear today? 
But I, I think Jamisa touches on a great point because even whenever I mentioned, oh, I play video games with my brother to build that relationship, half the time we're yelling at each other mm-hmm. about some stupid disagreement about, you know, why mm-hmm. I think this team is better than the other team. And then it goes from a disagreement to personal insults. And we're just like, well, I've watched this many games and I've seen this. And then he just argues another point And we both think we're being the most logical, rational mm-hmm. human beings in that moment. But in reality, it's just, I think I'm right for this illogical reason, and I'm going to fight to the death to mm-hmm. prove it. So what would happen if these five values shaped every choice you made? And people do sometimes prioritize them. They say, okay, number one is this, number two is this. And then they use those to shape their decision making. Mm-hmm. What would your life, or how would your life be different if you were to do that? I'd certainly be healthier. In what way? Um, I just think even emotional health, um, physical health, I'd be healthier. Like, if I really chose those top five priorities. I think uh, I'm at my parties. Um, we may have a better, I think we have a good relationship, but I'm sure it could be great. It could be better. Eh, I've had better. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. Good Lord. Um, yeah, it's amazing, right? Like, mm-hmm. we all have this power to, like, drastically improve our relationships and to really shape the things that are important to us. And we often neglect that um, because our emotions are like, eh, why don't I sit here and watch some TV for a bit? Mm-hmm. And you notice TV like isn't on any of ours. Um, you and I don't watch very much. I don't think Amin watches very much. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the stats for the average amount of TV people watch, mm-hmm. it's so high. And they'll say stuff like, well, it helps me relax. And we know from neuroscience that TV often does the opposite. Right. It often triggers the F3 rather than supporting the relaxation response. Although I say it helps me spend time with family. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, um, I, I'm not sure watching TV is as connective as sharing what you're feeling, <laughs> sharing your experience. Or oftentimes people will watch TV, but they're not watching TV, they're on their phone. Mm-hmm. You know, so, it's so not it's really a, special. That, that's the first part of today's episode is for people to really grasp that dissonance. Your chickens are the things that are really important to you, and the foxes are the behaviors that take those things away. Mm. And then if I'm sitting there one day and I, Jamisa's left me, the kids aren't talking to me, um, my job collapsed because I was spending the whole time playing video games for the last five years, I should just be able to understand that quite easily. I should be able to look back logically and say, oh, my real video game was, and my real uh, value is becoming amazing at video games. And I've done that. Um, it cost me my wife. <laughs> it cost me my kids and my job. But it was worth it because that's where I really set my value at. But it, people typically don't do that, right? So it's, it will be blaming. Mm-hmm. And so because the ego comes in, we then attempt to blame other people and to defend ourselves to protect this thing uh, of self that may or may not exist. Well, that's for a whole other episode. But <laughs> um, just this idea of, like, I need protection. Uh, I need to defend these thoughts and feelings. So everyone ready to move on to the second part of the exercise? Sure. Let's do it. So what are the biggest foxes in your life? What are endangering the things that are so important to you? Poor time management. What are some other foxes you think exist? What do you think is a big fox in your life? My family. (laughs) Wow. They take away all my joy. (laughs) We can fix that. Can taking care of one chicken be a fox to another? Yeah, because you have to choose. Um, And this is what this is all about, is this idea of sacrifice. Um, And so we're getting to kind of the next stage of this, is you can't have it all. Right. So if I say, 
um, using a crass example like, hey, I really want my marriage, but I also like to date other people, one of those things is going to get sacrificed. Mm -hmm. I can only keep so many chickens in the pen. Mm -hmm. And so we have to constantly make decisions. So, I mean, you may get home and your friend says, like, that's it. It's me or the video games. Um, I don't think I've ever seen your fiance get even close to that level of drama. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, for everything, uh, avoiding the problematic use of an ultimatum, <laughs> um, you start to see all of a sudden like you have to pick your priority. And I think this is what we constantly have to do: is we constantly have to say, "This is important to me, so I'm going to give up this." Uh, for me, it's like meditation is important in the morning, so I have to give up um, sleeping until later. Or staying up late. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, so staying up late is a time that Jamisa and I use to connect. And so if I choose to go to bed at nine or eight. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I looked at, yeah, you saw that side (laughs) eye at nine (laughs) o'clock. So if I choose to go to bed at nine or eight, um, then Jamisa's going to feel not as cared for. And so you're constantly having to do this shifting between what I'm saying is important to me and kind of measuring do my behaviors reflect that. And isn't this shift constant? Because, and I think that's a really good example you gave about the meditation. So you typically go to bed at 8.30 if you are going to I be I feel like that was a statement. <laughs> so you typically go to bed at 8.30, but that may not 9:30 happen. 9.30 or 10.30 when don't. I'm feeling wild. Right. Well, that, that, that's the, the flexibility in it. And that so... The next day, what is going to be important to you is to get up at 4 to meditate. So then going to bed at 8.30 is what you do. However, it, it's, it imposes on our time. But, and I say the flexibility because you're not going to do that seven days a week. You know, so that may happen. I've tried. It was four, not allowed. <laughs> you know, four, four to five days a week. But then we have, then there's, there has to be that flexibility to be able to say, you know what, now I need to give attention to my wife. We, this is our time to spend together. So I'm not going to go to bed at 7 p.m. I'm joking about the seven, but at eight or eight. I dream of uh, being able to slumber at such hours. When the sun's up. <laughs> it's starting to feel like a bit of a personal attack here. Um, so that dissonance that I have in saying, okay, Jamie's and the kids are the most important thing in my life, we see it in class all the time. Like in the domestic violence class, um, People will talk about, I'll die for my kids. And we'll point out, you don't have to die for them. You just have to be nice to their mom. Or you have to be nice to the co-parent. And they're like, well, I can't do that, but I would die for them. (laughs) And people love the drama. They love the excitement of saying such statements. And in reality, I think a lot of the work we do to really support the things that are important to us are a lot more mundane and a lot more boring. So let's go back to meditation, for example. Meditation isn't um, the most exciting activity ever. But by repeating it in a daily basis, you can really develop a really strong R2. Mm -hmm. But it's not as exciting as saying, man, I'm going to become enlightened. (laughs) Or um, these extremes that we often talk about. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's the way we set boundaries, the way we kind of protect our chickens is these daily habits. And then noticing when there's a uh, when there's a tear in the fence, and we have to patch it up. But to those of you who've had chickens before, you know when a fox gets into your hen house, 
the next time it comes around, it's going to go to the exact same place it got in before, and it's going to work and work and work at the exact same place, no matter how you've reinforced it. So for me, it's like, okay, Jamisa's not, um, not enjoying the time I'm going to bed, so I need to make a shift there. If I make a shift there, I have to give something up. Mm-hmm. What am I willing to give up? And you start looking at your day as a day of compromises. In order to do this, I need to do this. But this is going to impact this, so then how do I do this? And really getting a keen sense for me, it's like going back to this list over and over again and saying, these are the most important things. And if you prioritize them, you can then say, kids or Jamisa, hopefully both. But if not, you know, which one do I need to support right now? And if you and I haven't been spending much time together, it might be you in that situation. Mm-hmm. If it's a situation where the kids' safety is at risk, obviously it's going to be straight to the kids. And then shuffling that with work, um, shuffling that with uh, spiritual practices, um, and then physical health. How did the two of you make those negotiations? Like I said before, I think it's always a matter of time management for me, how I'm going to allocate that time, whether it's FIFA, whether it's work, whether it's spending time with Kersey. So, yeah, it's tough. And, And I think the important thing is, at least what I found for myself, is just being mindful of all these chickens that I need to care for. Right. So sometimes I don't always think about all five chickens. Right. As you know, I don't always take my health very seriously. And, uh, you know, we'll eat out and spend more money than we should. But we're working on our relationship. Right. We're building, uh, you know, uh, a closer relationship. We're having fun. We're spending time together. So we justify that like that. And I think it goes back to prioritizing that list and then prioritizing my time accordingly. So let's bring in external chickens, and here's what gets a bit more complicated. We talked about internal chickens. Internal chickens are where, oh, sorry, internal foxes. Internal foxes are where, through our own inability to kind of prioritize things, what we mess our chickens up, we mess the safety of our chickens up. So if our ego's too high, if our time management isn't in place, these types of things, these are all called internal foxes because they're things we have control over. However, there is also external foxes. And external foxes can be things about our environment that are really challenging to protect our chickens from. We interviewed Lester on the show um, a couple of weeks ago who served a life sentence. And I think it's very easy to judge the decisions he made in his teenage years. But yet I think back to my teenage years and I had none of those pressures. I had none of Mm -hmm. those external foxes. Um, Maybe the two of you did. But I think until we really understand people's external foxes and the environmental pressures upon them, it becomes really difficult to judge how they manage the chickens that they do manage. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. You talked about um, having a two-parent household versus a one-parent household and growing up in a single-parent household. um, And now I can reflect back as an adult and think, you know, how difficult that must have been for my mom. Um, to have to, and there were sacrifices in terms of being, time being spent with me, um, she working 12, 14 hour shifts um, and not being able to be there for certain things. So, but there were sacrifices as see now as an adult that she had to make. I think about college a lot too, because in my family, it was just expected that you attend college. I kind of moved from England to America at a strange time, but it didn't really impact my ability to go to college. Um, and then having people who could support that and provide resources during college. And then I think about um, your situation, Jamisa, and I think you were the first one in your family to go to college. And so there weren't people in your life who say, this is when you fill this out, right. and this is how you take care of this. 
and don't worry about the you know the quarterly tuition. We'll take care of that for you. Right. Um, and so how your experience at college probably looked very different from mine, mm-hmm. where I'm sitting there focusing on the academics. I had a job to, to help with some of the expenses, but was also financially supported too um, through my my res- my resource system. Um, and I, I just think it's really interesting. We're very quick to say everyone should pull themselves up Absolutely, by the bootstraps. Yeah. And we look at Lester's situation and say, that's amazing. You know, he's, he's come out of prison. He's done these amazing things without realizing that he's very much an outlier. Mm-hmm. And that oftentimes when people have these external foxes, the external fox of being in prison, it is very difficult to change this cognitive dissonance around. It is very difficult um, to properly allocate the right time and energy to protect the chickens that we need to protect. Mm-hmm. And um, as you said, that made me think about someone that I've worked with in the past and they talked about um, they, they have these great resources. They have like just so much emotional support from people around them. Mm-hmm. However, um, when I was working with them, they had so much trauma, like these external factors that became, um, like it was just a part of their daily life. So everything, if it was a siren, it was, you know, it caused them to have anxiety. So the smallest of things, these, these external chickens that you talked about, like really shaped how, how they saw the world um, and how they moved about um, from childhood up into the adult that they are now. So going back to just defining external foxes, I know you mentioned when you notice an internal fox, you see like a hole in the fence and you need to patch it up and keep it from coming back. So with an external fox, it's like almost not knowing how the fox got in there, right? So I think, yeah, with the external foxes, it's less about the individual responding to that and more about changing the systematic pressures. So like, let's take Jamisa's college example. If we know... Um, there are teenagers out there who are looking to get into college who have the ability to do college well. Are we making sure that we're providing them the right resources um, from a systematic approach? If we know that there's children out there um, who are losing their parents at a very young age, who are experiencing a lot of trauma in the neighborhoods that they live in at a very young age, how are we providing them the resources they need to really then manage and support and care for the chickens that are incredibly important to them? I think this, exam- this exercise is so humbling to me to realize that everyone has the exact same priorities. And the reason that um, different people are able to protect their chickens has something to do with internal uh, foxes, but really is shaped in large part by external foxes. And I think this gets overlooked. I think one of my big rants is often like the, uh, the, the type of movie where the... the uh, under-resourced individual kind of conquers the whole world and everyone's cheering him. And I think it's because it really supports this narrative of everyone can pull themselves up by their bootstraps, I did it, they can too, rather than what are some of the systematic or systemic pressures that really need addressing um, so that people do have the opportunity to succeed and people do have the opportunity to protect the very same chickens that we all have. Yeah, Bruce Perry, um, in his book, um, The Boy Who Was Raised as a Dog, talks about that a lot. Like, we have um, all this trauma. And, you know, and we, we always, I think we go to, like, worst-case scenario when we think about trauma. But he's like, trauma can look like so many, so many different things can be tra- traumatic for people. He's like, when you have all this happening and, you, and then you expect this person to behave and function, um, and I'm using air quotations, normally as, an, as a, a child, a teenager, an adult, and he's like, they can't. 
Like, but we, but everyone has this expectation, this generalization, like, oh, we're all going to function. And, um, and no one ever goes back and start to think about, like, maybe this child being separated from a parent, a parent divorcing, not helping this child through grief is, you know, these are the things that we need to address. And so you're right. And then it's like, oh, well, you should, you should be able to pull yourself up and just keep moving. And it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So we talk about all this systemic stuff that needs to change. And, you know, I think a lot of us and a lot of our listen, listeners would probably agree. But where, like, how do we actually do that? Thank you for asking, Amin. <laughs> that leads us into what I hope is the third section of today's podcast, if, if today's podcast has any structure at all, which is this idea, for me, that none of us put down supporting the chickens of others as one of our priorities. Hmm. And so if we have well-resourced lives, um, if we are able to care for our chickens... How are we then working to change some of the systemic foxes that prevent other people from being able to do the same? And this probably comes across very um, pie in the sky, but how do we start really creating systemic changes when we notice that people are losing their chickens to forces beyond their control? Mm -hmm. And those of us who have the time and have the resources to care for our own chickens how are we then kind of going over to our neighbor and saying, do you have everything you need to care for your chickens? Um, you know, what resources would be really supportive to you so that you can have the time, the energy, the resources to care for your family, for your faith, uh, for your freedom, for your finances, and for your health? Everyone went very quiet there. <laughs> No, I think it's a great. I think it's a great question that you pose because um, everyone has this idea that this is what they want to do, but then to get into it and get into the depths of it and get into the logistics of making that happen, mm-hmm. I think people just were like, "Oh, this is too much. It's overwhelming. It's imposing on my my chickens," and so I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Do you think people are scared to lose their chickens in the process of of doing so? Because I think a lot of people that are financially well off are like, yeah, but I still need to keep allocating these resources to my family because those are the people I care about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my neighbor who's struggling, I feel bad for you, but I don't want to risk myself in this situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's where this cognitive consonance comes back in. So Jamiso and I can be very open and honest with each other and say, okay, this money we're saving for savings, we're choosing not to care for other people. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a shame thing. It doesn't have to be a, um, a defensive thing. I think it's worth acknowledging, though. Yeah, it's just this kind of very simple approach. Like, I mean, if you're playing video games, you're not caring for your relationship. Like, we just start getting into this very clear way of seeing things. We called this a cognitive consonance episode, but it really kind of bleeds into this first tree of change of emotional resilience. Because when you start to notice how um, dissonant our behavior choices are, it hurts <laughs> and it can be embarrassing and it can trigger previous shame um, that people have kind of handed down to us in life. And so it takes very emotionally resilient individuals to really start creating very clear cognitive consonants in their life and to say, okay, this hour I spend with my child, I ha- something has to be sacrificed. And it could be caring for other people. It could be spending time with Jamisa. It could be investing in work. Um, just these choices come forth and just very clearly, intentionally saying, this is the best choice for me, for my values right now. Yeah, wow. That's, uh, 
It's I deep. I feel like we went quiet again. Because <laughs> I feel like everything you just said, it really, at least, I think it, it should just make us think about everything that we're doing right now and seeing if our justifications for doing them are, you know, more relying on ourself and ego or, you know, they're truly justified based on our values or what we say our values are. And I think a lot of, I think every, I'm sure people who listen to this will agree, like, yes, this is true, Ben is correct. But then how do wait, we... Wait, 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 what was that last part? Uh, yeah, so anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then how do we put that into action? Like, how does that become action for all of us? Like, how does that even become action for you and I? But you remember the, the episode on the Nazi flag, and I think one of the things I really liked about the episode was we didn't have any solutions. Mm-hmm. But we were connecting through the challenge of the situation. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something similar. Um, people with very accurate left brains are going to be like, what's the plan? How do we move forward? What's the ABC steps? Um, and I think part of it is just recognizing this dissonance. Um, part of it is just recognizing this dissonance and caring for each other and pointing this out. So I'm really fortunate in my life. I have lots of relationships with people who are willing to tell me the truth <laughs> and say, man, you're saying your health's important, but I think that's like your third set of French fries today. Um, and oftentimes are perhaps deeper issues of, hey, Ben, you're saying your relationship's important. It's, we need to spend some time together. Mm-hmm. We need to connect. Or, Ben, I know it's important to you to be a good parent. This is what your children need from you right now. And then I have a responsibility, right, of saying I'm committed to cognitive consonance, so therefore let me hear this and let me drop the defenses. Right. And I think that's the hard part, that people don't want to hear, like, People don't want to hear the truth, <laughs> but it's true. Like the people just really struggle to hear that, and then just be able to sit with that discomfort of knowing that maybe their actions um, may be hurting someone, or could potentially hurt someone, um, that they're imposing on someone or something. And it's this constant. We talked about the sacrifice earlier, and I think that's the most challenging part of this. Whatever you put energy in, you're going to sacrifice energy in other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. You can't do it all, and you have to be willing to kind of make these sacrifices, and that's why you need priorities in the first place, is to say, this is what's important to me. This is what I want to um, kind of be aware of on my deathbed that I fed energy into. So Mm -hmm. as a means lying there, getting ready to pass into the next world, he can say to himself, I was one hell of a FIFA 2022 (laughs) player. My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. But I think, like, if my if I had work on here, um, and work was actually number five, and then I felt bad and put health. Um, <laughs> but if work became, like, my priority, and it was, like, my number one priority, but then that means that I can't, you know, do the things that I do with the kids and spend time with them in the afternoon. And, I'd, and I've made this decision, like, for the next five years, this is going to be my priority. Then at, at some point, the, what I need, they need to ask someone to help me. Like bring in a resource, you, Ben, like, I need this because this is what I'm choosing to be my priority at that moment. And you look at relationship development, and this is probably a whole episode in and of itself, but how rarely, as relationships are moving from honeymoon into problem solving, do we investigate foxes and chickens together? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you and I, when we were dating, ever tried to align our chickens to make sure they were the same. Right. I was just like, I really enjoy spending time with Jamisa. This is, you know, mm-hmm. she's really, um, she's really interesting. She time with her feels enlightening I'm learning so much about her and life and myself and the process 
But I don't think we ever necessarily sat down and said, do our chickens align? That's true. That would be a really good episode. Because work could have been, it probably mm-hmm. was important then, but, well, it all changes, right? So mm-hmm. the moment you have kids, like, something has to shift. Mm-hmm. And so if you had said, Ben, the most important thing to me would be having children. And then if for some reason that wasn't on my radar at all, really having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we need to all be better at realistically analyzing ourselves. Like uh, Ben, you were talking about in class, a lot of people would be like, oh, I'd, I'll die for my kids, but I won't work with the co-parent, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so really their number one chicken is themselves, right? They don't want to get into those awkward conversations, even if it's for their kids. So they'll love to tell you, oh, my number one priority is my kids, but here's your chance to prove it. And you're prioritizing yourself and your needs rather than their needs for uh, you guys to have a good relationship, whatever that relationship is. And there's so many areas of this, right? We do the difficult conversation class with groups to help them work on issues of equity, diversity, and inclusivity. And people, no one wants to be racist. (laughs) Like, I've never met someone who's like, well, actually, I've met a couple of people in my work with the KKK, <laughs> never mind. But um, in general, people are very reluctant to be like, I would like to be racist. Uh, most people would say the opposite, you know. Uh, that uh, Most people would be like, um, the last thing I'd like to be is racist. So what work do I need to engage in to accomplish that goal? Mm-hmm. If one of my chickens is treating people fairly and evenly, what work do I have to do? But then when you remind them of the work they have to do, you see that defensiveness come up, mm-hmm. that sense of self because they don't want to see themselves as needing work in those areas. But I think you, I think it, it's important um, for all of us to, and as we're doing this exercise, I was just thinking, like, I need to reassess what my chickens are. Like, what are my priorities? Because I think it changes. Like, you know, what was important to me you know, 10 years ago, it's not that important anymore. Well, a month ago sometimes, yeah, right? Or absolutely. six months ago. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, it can feel alienating at times. Like, if the people close to you don't have a sense of what your chickens are and why they're important to you. And so that's why that discussion needs to happen so much. Amin and I have a very, what's the word, a very shared view on the value of the work we do. And I think when we encounter people who don't feel the same way, I think we're both often taken aback rather than recognizing they probably have much healthier home lives than we do. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Like that sense that they're probably putting their energy into other parts of their lives that's incredibly meaningful for them. Versus we're like, uh, why aren't you working 80 hours a week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so just really getting a sense of balance in that area. Who knows? But then do you have to respect that? So I'll ask the both of you that. Like when you see, you know, when I you... I think we're about to get an intervention. I mean... Yeah. Uh-oh. So when you're sending text messages at 5 o'clock in the morning... <laughs> I think we covered that I'm meditating at five in the morning, not sending text messages. Well, after you meditate. And I mean, please do not bring up any receipts. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, You made me lose my train of thought. So when you have that, when you're, when you're, you, the two of you are exchanging this and you're talking all the time and I'm like, it's a mean off. This is Sunday at two o'clock in the afternoon. You guys are texting each other. Like when you have someone then that you want to bring in and they don't have those same values. I don't like this introspection. It feels very uncomfortable. Can you be okay with that? Or do you then need to find someone who, because then that brings in diversity, right? When mm-hmm. you have someone that's like, hey, yeah, like, do not call me or text me at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, do you need that diversity? Or do you need everyone to align with how the both of you work? So let's save that for another episode. Because I think there's, first I kind of say that jokingly, but I think there's so much there around how people create um, a certain culture mm-hmm. and then it, going back to the shame episode if you don't share that cultural view 
how you'll be shamed into it if you're mm-hmm. meant to be part of that group. Mm-hmm. So, f- for example, Jimmy said, if, if you and I really like oranges and we meet Amin, he's like, I'm not a fan of oranges at all. I'm like, oh. <laughs> imagine that. Remember we were watching the lady yesterday with the hamster video? Oh, and yeah. how she was shaming everybody who didn't believe in the same size of cage that she believed in for a hamster. And it was a very kind of condescending, like, shame-based approach mm-hmm. because for her and the work she does, that was a top priority for her. That was mm-hmm. one of her biggest chickens. Mm-hmm. And for us watching, it was funny to see her use so much shame behavior around. As she sipped her tea. <laughs> but you notice even on our tone, we're starting to become condescending mm-hmm. and sarcastic towards her mm-hmm. because of that different cultural view. So I think that stuff's really important. And I think it'd be worth saving for another episode of just how we police other people's chickens for them mm-hmm. rather than really seeking to connect through the sense that we really all had the same five values. That lady in the hamster video yesterday works a big deal for her. And so that's how she's been successful, is doing those types of things. And I think that's how you, make, you help people create changes, too. I know in our work with people, we tie into these shared values to help people make changes. And so someone who's engaging in domestic violence at home, we can use their connection to wanting to be a good dad to really shape um, some of the choices they make and to really increase their motivation to engage in change in the first place. And next week, we have our first Let's Get Ready to Rumble and I think Let's what get ready to rumble. I think what you're going to see in that, especially in the beginning part, when we really try to build the bond before we have the difficult conversations, is I think you're going to see a lot of these shared values come out. And in all our difficult conversation courses, that seems to be the glue that keeps things from falling apart when we have difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. If we can say, hey, Jimmy, so you really care about the children, I really care about the children, let's have a discussion about what's good for the children that can really help keep things together. But when I think that you have ulterior motives and you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that, I think that's when things fall apart mm-hmm. and my ego roars up. And before we leave this subject altogether, uh, going back to what Jamisa was saying, I think it's the same in relationships, right? Like you're not going to align 100%. Mm-hmm. And so you need to know what parts you're okay not aligning with and setting up that boundary uh, with whatever it is. So if it's work, if it's your relationship, you know, even with my relationship, she's like, Hey, so can we focus on us right now? It's like, okay, so this is important right now. You know, maybe I won't reply so fast, right? You know, <laughs> or, or whatever uh, the case might be. But, you know, if she's okay with this I, amount of work, I hate that I always... this episode is going to result in, <laughs> in us some not texting each other about some amazing ideas on a Sunday. No, we'll still do it skillfully, though, <laughs> and consensually. <laughs> it has to be consensual, I think, too. So I always tell Chrissy, it's like, well, this is, you know, what our goal is with what we're doing right now. And we get excited about it. And that excitement, you know, propels us to do whatever we need to do. And she's like, all right, fine. But we still need, you know, structured times. And then... Oh, Chrissy and I need to talk. She... <laughs> I think she's uh, she's willing to come on the pod. So... <laughs> we'll gang up on you two about your text messages. So I think in a few things. weeks, we're actually going to do a joint episode and mm-hmm. talk about stages of relationship. Oh, that would be both good yeah. 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 All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening today. Thank you to The Mercantile for hosting us. We're going to be back here each Friday at 1230. Should anyone want to come... Listen in live. Please leave the tomatoes and spoiled fruit at home. Um, and just bring, what do we like? We like lots of praise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> lots of positive feedback. We are ready to autograph any piece of paper. So check out our YouTube channel where we have an explanation of a lot of these theories that we talk about. Uh, follow us on social media. We started Instagram, Facebook, where we do our... Um, journey journey of, change. of change posts mm-hmm. where we just ask uh, questions that hopefully elicit some of the ideas that, that create these types of shows. Um, 
And then lastly, we've started our pod blog. So if you go to 33centerforchange.com, we now have blog posts on there that give further information about different episodes, things we forgot to say that we wanted to. Um, and then when we have guests, um, they're invited to share their final thoughts on the episode that they recorded. So thanks for joining us today. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Take Bye. care.